Hi, my name's Richard McGregor from the Lowy Institute in Sydney, and today I'm talking to Julian Gewurz about his new essay in Foreign Affairs about the US and China, more particularly about China's hardening perceptions of the US, about how the US is both more aggressive, but also a declining power. Julian, tell us about your essay. Thanks so much, Richard. It's great to be here with you. And so this article in Foreign Affairs really has one main point that China's rulers believe the United States is rapidly declining and that this deterioration has caused Washington to intensify its efforts to suppress China's rise. The trade war, the technology bans, President Trump's determination to blame China for his own mishandling of the COVID-19 pandemic have all confirmed the perceptions of Chinese policy elites that the United States is bent on keeping their country down. Now, let's be clear. The idea that the United States seeks to keep China down was widespread among Chinese officials long before Trump came to power, back to the global financial crisis and in some ways even to the Mao era. So China's rulers see continuity, but it's a very particular kind of continuity. It's really an acceleration. And I argue that these perceptions of American decline and American suppression have emboldened China. They increase Beijing's sense of opportunism and make them see fewer risks in taking highly aggressive positions. Now, I wonder if I might turn it back to you. We're used to thinking about the global financial crisis in 2008, 2009 as a moment when Beijing you know, really saw the US entering a period of decline and felt China was on the up and up. How do you think the current moment compares to 2008? Well, I think 2008 was, was a moment of hubris in China, as it turned out. They thought their system worked uh, and the US's didn't, that is financial system. I think we had a second moment of Chinese hubris in 2016 when Mr. Trump was elected. Uh, and of course, they thought, well, our system is meritocratic. Yours isn't. Look what happened. But once again, as after 2008, after 2016, I think America came back. We've got we have now with COVID-19, you know, a third moment of great confidence, maybe hubris, we'll see. Um, but, you know, maybe it is confident, maybe China is winning. Um, how does the U.S. turn that around? Well, you know, to my mind, there are really uh, two pieces to this. And the, the past crises that you point to, 2008, 2009, and 2016, make clear that the two most important things for the United States to do are first to get its democracy functioning uh, so that it really can be a symbol of you know, equality and justice, and uh, then second, to really renew the foundations of its economic competitiveness, because those two, taken together, are really central to the calculus of China's leadership. And you know, in, in that foreign affairs article, I, I end the article by suggesting that to deter the most problematic aspects of China's behavior, Washington needs to see one part of its task as upending Chinese leaders' assumptions that the United States is inexorably declining because so much of China's current policy direction you know, flows from, from that assumption. You know, I, I wonder in, in thinking about that, you know, you've written a lot about the different views of various figures in the Chinese elite, business, politics, and otherwise. Do you, do you see any room for folks who... Uh, could make an argument that, in fact, the United States is still very strong and uh, China's overstepping? Well, it's very difficult at the moment. And one of the fascinating things about your essay was about um, because of U.S. behavior, I'm not criticizing the U.S., by the way, here, but because of perceptions of the U.S. behavior in China during the Trump administration, 
that many so-called liberals in China had in fact swung around to Xi Jinping's way of viewing things. That is, you know, the US and China, it's a long-term struggle for China. There's no use compromising with the US fundamentally uh, because the US seeks to destroy China or undermine the CCP. So I think, you know, the hardening of views uh, in the US has sort of hardened views in China uh, and really up the ante on both sides, um, you know. So, I mean, is are there two questions here? One, is China deterrable? And the other, uh, is China's path under the CCP immutable? That's right. And, I, you know, to my mind, the answer to the first has to be that, yes, China is deterrable. You know, there is a somewhat voguish theory in, in Washington and, and some other parts that says, you know, China's some kind of adamantine force. It's, you know, implacably on its course and can't respond to incentives or to deterrence. And to my mind, you know, there's a lot of evidence to the contrary. And, and a U.S. strategy should take that head on and should try to deter China and try to incentivize China and pressure China rather than just assuming that this is a, a foe that uh, is unresponsive to anything we might do. I, I we're see we're coming toward the end of our time here, but maybe as a last comment, it'd be interesting to uh, see what you think about whether there's anything that the United States could do quickly that would change China's calculus, or is this just a long game that we're in? Well, I absolutely agree with you. Unless the U.S. gets its domestic political act together, then there's nothing it can can be done. Really, if the U.S. can't govern itself, it can't leave the world. Finally, I think the you know China is deterrable, uh, but frankly, it's getting more difficult. And on that note, we're counting down, Julian. It was great to talk to you, and I highly recommend your article. Thank you, Richard. Great to talk to you too.